What's up, everybody? Welcome to On West Gray, the monthly podcast about all things local government in the city of Norman. I'm your host, Tiffany Verska, Chief Communications Officer for the City of Norman, and we appreciate you tuning in. Today, we have a pair of guests with us from the Norman Finance Department, Director Anthony Francisco and Budget Manager Kim Kaufman. Thank you both for being with us today. Happy to be here. Now, we wanted to have you on today to discuss a wildly popular topic in local government, money. Today, we'd like to give listeners an overview of what the budget process looks like, which we're right in the middle of right now, and all that that entails. As our agency operates off of tax dollars, we run into a lot of questions about how we come into and how we spend money at the city of Norman, so we appreciate the opportunity to share as much information as we can about that. So let's jump right in. So the budget process. Each year, the City of Norman City Council approves a budget, and this must be done before the start of the fiscal year, which is on July 1. Is that correct? And can you tell us about this process, how it works, when it starts, and what it consists of? That is correct. Um, Our fiscal year, and that's a pet peeve of mine, by the way, it is a fiscal year, F-I-S-C-A-L, Not a physical year, (laughs) P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L. That's two different words. Got it. Um, Starts on July the 1st and ends on June the 30th. So, yes, we are right in the middle of preparing the budget for the fiscal year that starts July 1 of 2023 and ends on June 30th of 2024. Okay. And so you'd say you're kind of in the middle of preparing. Um, so what does that process looks, look like? I mean, we have, um, I believe, 14 major departments here at the city, and you guys are kind of in charge of making sure that everyone's budget looks right, um, that the, the funds are looking on par with what we're expecting next year. So what does that look like for you guys? How much work is that? It's quite a bit of work that's coordinated by Kim and her staff uh, because the council only meets um, twice a month. Uh, we have deadlines that the, the council has to uh, vote to adopt that budget at their meeting uh, at least seven days before, before the start of the fiscal year. I mean, there's requests that come in. Is that right through the different departments? What does that look like? And what's the timeline like? I mean, I know that you all are incredibly busy around the springtime as we're gearing up for those deadlines. Yeah, our budget process is actually a a kind of a year-round process. We're getting input from the council. Uh, Council members are getting input from their constituents throughout the, the course of the year leading up to that budget adoption process. Um, so we have sent out requests. Um, departments have given us requests um, that will feed into that fiscal year budget um, throughout the throughout the year, um, and and we're right in the middle of that process right now. So I guess initially it starts with kind of um, goals or strategic vision from the council, taking that into account. All of the departments. Um, kind of try to adhere to what they're envisioning um, and model their requests after that. And then they come into finance and you all work with the city manager. Is that right? Yes. We 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 have a process that's kind of like the, the federal process where there is an executive budget in the case of the federal government that is the president's budget that's presented to the Congress. Mm-hmm. In our case, the executive is the city manager. 
So, so we're right now we are we are preparing the city manager's budget that we will will be presented to the city council in April. All right. Um, and it's not uncommon, you know, you take the first draft maybe in April, and then if there's some revisions or some different ideas that council may have um, during the presentation, maybe take them another draft. And, and Absolutely. By the process, um, when I say that the city manager's budget will be presented to the council in April, but the council actually adopts the budget in June, there will be amendments to the city manager's proposed budget. Um, and any amendment that the council wants to make to the executive budget, to the city manager's budget, has to be adopted by a city council's formal amendment process um, in June. Gotcha. So on average, how much money do we have to work with year to year at the city of Norman? Um, And how many requests for funding are received through your department? (laughs) How many... Uh, the requests are in the, um, I'm going to say, half a billion dollar range. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual overall budget is about a quarter of a billion dollars, $250 million. Um, and the general fund is the largest of the funds of the city. There's about 26 funds. Um, uh, and the general fund is about $100 million of that in this fiscal year. Um but but the requests are at least twice that. And to put some uh, numbers to those requests, for the fiscal year we're about to start in July, we had 638 requests from department heads. Um, 94 of those requests were for new positions. And then um, we had some reclass requests and things like that. But, yeah, there were quite a few. 94 of those for new positions. It's because we operate on a lean staff here at the city, right? That's correct. <laughs> We're a very lean um, uh, city operation. Um, and I will say that while there were 94 requests, and maybe five or 10 of them will actually be approved, they're all justified in their right. own way. It's just that we don't have the resources or the money to pay for all of those requests. So we have to make uh, prioritization decisions at the city manager level, at the department level, and ultimately at the council level for for what the higher priorities will be for final funding. Right. Budget season's all about um, prioritizing, right? Yes. Um, So which departments uh, typically receive the most funding and why, if, if there's even an answer to that question? It is the areas that that the citizens would would think um, the highest priorities and the larger budgets are in the larger departments, police, public works, uh, fire, which is emergency response, parks, those things that the citizens see um, and services that the citizens would demand are the largest areas. Now, I should say that um, our utility departments are actually not in the general fund. Um, our utility departments, water, sewer, wastewater, sanitation, are um, what, you, what, what you might think of as sub-businesses of the city. Think of the city as a business conglomerate, like um, Google owns YouTube. The city owns a water business Mm -hmm. and the city owns a sewer business. But understand that the the taxpayers of the city are not paying for those utility enterprises. 
the users of those services are paying for those services separately from the taxpayer funds of the general fund, and they are segregated out into a water fund or a sewer fund or a sanitation fund that is separately providing those services to their customer bases that are separate from the general populace of the city. And that's important in a city like Norman because remember that um, Norman is a large 180 square mile area, but the water utility is only serving about one third of that area. It would be unfair then for the taxpayers of the city to pay for services that are not being provided to all of those areas of the city. So they're separated out and only paid for by the users of those utilities. Got it. And and so you had mentioned earlier on that there's about 26 funds. So are you uh, referring to these utility funds as one of those 26? Three of those 26. Three of yes. those 26. Um, can you speak a little bit more to these? I think that in public meetings, they're referred to a lot as different pots of money. Um so can you talk a little bit more about that and why they exist and maybe give some examples of those? They exist because there are legal restri restrictions on how those funds can be used. So, for example, of those 26 funds, a lot of them are special revenue funds. Um, so, for example, there's been a lot of discussion about the seizures fund lately. Um when the police um, do what are called interdictions um, and seize funds um, from um, potential offenders, um, those funds are received by the city, but segregated out into the seizures fund because they cannot be used for anything other than public safety or uh, emergency response services. So they are not in the general fund and they cannot be used for anything other than those legally segregated purposes. Okay. And the general fund that you refer to, um, I believe you said that that was the largest fund. Is Are there restrictions on how um, those funds can be spent? They can be used for any uh, governmental purpose and, and that's why they are in the general fund. Um, they can be used for anything that serves the public and that cannot be denied to anyone. So, for example, streets or parks. Mm -hmm. Anybody that is in Norman can drive on the streets of the city. They cannot be denied to anyone. Um, and so, therefore, they are in the general governmental area. As opposed to the water services of the city, for example, that if you don't pay your water bill, your water gets turned off. But they can only be provided to that user of the water utility. Okay. So 26 funds, you guys have your work cut out for you. <laughs> How, if at all, have you seen the budget process change over the years? How long have you been with us, Anthony? I have been with the city for about 26 years. Okay. And Kim? I've been with the city almost five years. All right. So how have you guys seen it change if it's changed? Oh, it changes every year. Um, there are certainly different priorities every year. Um, about three or four years ago, the, the council wanted to add a, a second public hearing. 
So there is a legal mandate that before the budget is adopted, there has to be a public hearing where any resident can come and talk about what their priorities are for the budget. But the council wanted to have an earlier public hearing, and so that was added to the budget process about five or six years ago. Okay. And, I mean, I know that we're really big on public participation, um, and but they're not only limited to the public um, hearings as part of the budget. I mean, we hear from citizens and council members hear from citizens all year round. You know, if they have something that's important to them or a concern, they're certainly welcome to call or email or swing by and, and discuss that further. Um, and I really love that about the city of Norman. So working in public information, um, we come into a lot of questions that are actually related to funds at the city um, regarding transparency. So um, I believe that you had said, Anthony, at Citizens Academy, that um, transparency is the heart of finance. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yes. We, so, <laughs> so talk we, to me about how we're an open book and how you know these records and documents are available for folks to review at any time. We believe that finances are the heart of the open records. Act of the state. So, um, yes, everything that we do in the finance department is an open record. Uh, We believe that we will provide that information in whatever format uh, a requester wants it. So when I'm telling you that the general fund is $100 million, we we will break that down, and it is broken down in the budget document by department or by fund or by previous year, or for the next five years, what we project will be spent in the capital budget or a departmental budget over the next five years. Those are just projections. The budget is adopted uh, for a given fiscal year. But we project out, if we're uh, staying on the course that we are on, where we will be over the next four or five years. And you had mentioned, you know, capital fund, capital projects. For folks that may not know, what does that refer to? Well, the capital fund is funded by our capital sales tax. Um, It's, I'm going to get the percentage wrong. I'm sorry. Seven-tenths of one percent. Thank you. Um, And, um, That funds uh, all of our capital outlay for our general fund and our special revenue funds. Capital outlay is typically, um, you know, less than $10,000 used for less than five years. Um, That would include like computers, vehicles, things like that. And um, those uh, pieces of equipment, that capital outlay is paid for out of the general and special revenue funds, but then reimbursed by the capital fund, about 27% of our sales tax projection for each year. and then capital versus capital projects, which are uh, usually more than $100,000, sometimes less. We would use them for more than five years. Um, and they're usually fixed to the ground. So there'll be buildings, uh, streets, things like that. Um, okay. And and this is, I'm probably jumping all over the place here, but this is fascinating to me because I'm not a numbers person. Tell me, when you're talking about like projections and the five years out, I mean, that seems like quite some time. How do you guys, um, how do you guys do these projections? I mean, what goes into the process? It's an educated guess, if you will, but it's a formula based. Um, so here's what the budget is now. And we project that it's going to grow 
by 1% in the operations area or by 5% in the salary and benefit area. And so you just, here's what the budget is this year. If that grows by 5% per year, here's where we're going to be. Um, and that's a very useful, educated guess, if you will, because if you do, if you stay on the course and the expenditures are growing by 5%, but the revenues are only growing by 2%, then we're on a course that, that is not sustainable. And we have to make course corrections over that next two or three or five year period. Okay, gotcha. Um, so how do we prepare to fund the unknowns? You know, we just uh, went through a, a recent tornado and we're going through the debris pickup and we may or may not come into state or federal monies for that. So how do how do we prepare for things that are not budgeted, but may be pretty costly? Every fund of the city has to have a positive fund balance. Um, and I like to think of the fund balance as the savings account, if you will. By definition, it is revenues, less expenditures, and the balance of those revenues over those expenditures. Um, But if, in fact, you have a positive fund balance, only the council can appropriate, and that is the action of taking money out of the savings account and putting it into the expenditure account. Okay, the checking account, if you will. Only the council can appropriate money, take it out of the savings account, putting it into the checking account. And that act of taking money and appropriating it is putting money from the savings account into the expenditure account. Got it. So making sure that we're trying to maintain a healthy savings account, as you would call it, and yes. allows and us if to prepare have, for emergencies. If you have a savings account, um, when emergencies come up that you not had expected, like a tornado, mm-hmm. um, then the council can appropriate money to um, to cover those unexpected expenditures. Got it. So I think that you touched a little bit before on uh, the water fund, right? So we've been talking more and more about the election that'll be coming up. Uh, The uniqueness of Norman is that I think that we are the only city in the state that sets utility rates by vote. Um, So we'll have another vote on that, I believe, in June. Um, But you had spoken recently um, about how an unhealthy fund, um, you know, water fund can really put a strain on our, uh, on the health of our finances. Um, I believe you use the word dire, or at least we're quoted in the paper using the word dire. Um, so can you speak a little bit to that and, and what that looks like, how it might affect our organization? We talked about on how we are making projections on where we will be over the next five or so years if we stay on the course that we're on. Well, the water fund does not have a healthy projected fund balance over the next three to five years. We know this. We know that if we stay on the course that we are on, providing services to our water customers at the rate that we are on now, we're going to go into the red. We don't have a healthy fund balance in the water fund, and we're only doing the things that we know we need to do. 
providing water services such that our water customers can expect to have healthy drinking water, clean drinking water, and where those uh, services are being delivered through pipes, if you will, okay? And I know that Chris Mattingly, the water uh, director, can provide information about that a lot better than I can, but it's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. We had them on last month, and they talked about all the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money to provide those services and make sure that those pipes are in a good working standard. We don't have the ability right now to continue to provide those services uh, at the rate that we are, our customers are providing those, um, those resources now. We need more money, Okay. From the financial perspective, it's all about the money. It's all about the dollars and cents. Well, as you say, Norman is the only city in the state of Oklahoma that the water customers don't don't have the ability to, uh, to provide those services without the people to provide adequate water rates. So we have to go out to the voters and in many cases, the voters may not be customers of the water utility, but they have to approve the water rates um, to, to to provide those adequate resources. Right. And that's an interesting dynamic there. Um, so, you know, we get a lot of questions when we put on the Citizens Academy or uh, Bryce and I are lucky enough to uh, monitor our social media pages and good stuff like that. So uh, we get a lot of questions, you know, these buildings are going up, you know, um, but but why why are we not saying that we don't have any money to fix water pipes and things like that? I mean, can you speak a little bit to that? I, I, it may have to do with those 26 different funds you were talking about, but um, can you switch and rearrange those or what does that look like? You cannot. Remember, there is a legal restriction. There is an ordinance that said, for example, the Norman Forward Fund. Mm-hmm is building the the nice, beautiful new library facility or the Young Family Athletic Center facility. But there is a voted on sales tax that's paying for those facilities that cannot be used for anything other than those facilities. Those funds cannot be used for water or for sewer. So you can be healthy over here building very nice facilities that our voters wanted, but unhealthy over here for the basic services of providing water. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, Now, I think Chris... um Chris would be upset with me, but is it six or seven years we haven't passed an increase on the water rates? Is that correct? I believe it's 11 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I think the last water rate increase was in 2012. Okay. So folks will have an opportunity to learn more about that and weigh in at the polls in June. Um, And then we also have an immediate next vote. Even before that, we'll have a vote in May, the hotel motel rates. Um, What will that do for us and how will it impact the city's budget, if at all? The room tax is another one of those segregated out funds that can only be used for the attraction of tourism uh, to the city. Um, 
So yes, there is a proposal to increase the room tax, um, but it can only be used for the attraction of tourism to the city. So it, it wouldn't be proper to say it doesn't benefit the city, but it only benefits the tourism attraction portion or services of the city. Okay. And that, um, I think we should touch on something else as we're talking about uh, revenues and its expenses and these different pots of money. Um, there's something else that makes Oklahoma unique um, in that we, as a city government, um, cannot use property taxes in our operating budget. Is that correct? Can That's you speak correct. a little bit about that? Oklahoma, by the state constitution, is the only state in the United States that cities do not get property tax for operations. We can only use property taxes to repay uh, voter-approved general obligation bonds. So when when folks talk about their property taxes, um, that does not pay for police or for parks um, or for water or sewer. That is only paying for the repayment of uh, voter-approved general obligation bonds for, for things like uh, widening streets uh, or paying for a new park, but it is not paying for the operations of any city operation. So what do we, what taxes do we rely on here in city government um, to fund operations? We are almost wholly reliant on sales tax for operations of the city's general governmental operations. What do you all want people to know most about the finance department what you do or what your business is like? Just from my perspective related directly to the budget, I'd love to encourage the public to go to our website, go to finance and budget, and we have a new uh, tool to help users, you know, go through our budget and, and see what they want to see. Um, it's a digital budget book, and I think it's way underutilized, but they can really tailor their experience to their specific needs. And it's a great tool to see what's going on, what our priorities are. Um, and again, that's on our website. All right. And I have to give you guys a shout out. I know that you um, are very humble, but that you receive all kinds of accolades and honors every year for the work that you do. Um, I know the budget book is very impressive and it's the, one of the thickest ones that I've ever seen. Um, but I appreciate all of the information in there and uh, the job that your staff does. But um, I have to ask you too, Anthony, what would you like folks to know about your department? I would like folks to know that we are an open book. And that, yes, the budget document is thick, but all of the information is in there. And we want uh, folks to know that it is online. And we want, we want folks to know how to find their way around that thick budget document. <laughs> that, that there is something in here for everyone's information, but you may only be interested in one thing. Where is that thing in the budget document? Where is that thing in the accounting statements that you want to know about? And we'll help you find your way and navigate your way around this big budget document or those accounting statements uh, to know what, what you want to know. It's, it's public information and it is there. Yes, and you all are very patient with the people who aren't numbers people like me. <laughs> and lots of uh, awesome graphs and charts in there to, to break things down so it doesn't have to be so scary and intimidating. Well, we appreciate you all greatly. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? 
So if your electric bill increased in the last eight years, so did the water rates. Okay, so did the water bills to power those water wells. Those increased cost. Yes, but our and revenues was, are flat. I was looking. Uh, I was looking here for an email this morning that I got from Mr. Mattingly, and he had said. Um, that electricity for the water treatment plant and the water wells increased 355000 since last year. And he also said chemicals at the water treatment plant are up $200,000. Part of that's related to an increase in electricity rates. But yes, costs are going up every year. And since we haven't had a rate increase since 2015, there's no way the revenue can keep up with the growing costs of you know the water, sewer, trash operations. Yes, and we definitely... Uh, need to make sure that we have clean, reliable drinking water, right? I will just thank you guys for joining us today on the show. We appreciate you. And we'll be on the lookout for more news and updates during the budget season. Um, the public hearings that you guys talked about, we'll make sure that we get that information out there. And we appreciate your time, Kim and Anthony. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Be sure to head over to normanok.gov to see the latest city events, happenings, and initiatives. Kind reminder that we will have an election on May 9th, 2023 concerning hotel motel rates for which Norman residents are exempt with proof of residency. Be sure you're registered to vote by April 14th to cast a ballot in that election. You can learn more at normanok.gov. Questions or commentary about On West Gray can be sent into public affairs at normanok.gov. Shouts to our producer and editor, Mr. Bryce Holland of the City of Norman Communications Office. Until next time, stay engaged, stay informed, and always remember to vote. I'm Tiffany Verska. Thank you for tuning in to On West Gray. Mm-hmm.